Hello and welcome to the show. This is our very first beta episode. I am Endgamer and I will serve as your host. I'm joined, uh, hopefully for the first of many times, by my co-host, Mr. Ed Bellis. Hello. And, hi, hi, uh, hi. and Ed, a uh, very exciting time on uh, Board 8 and across GameFAQs right now. Uh, the 2010 Winter Character Battle has just been announced. The bracket has just uh, come out yesterday. And uh, let's start off uh, with your thoughts on this 128-character uh, 1v1 bracket for this year. Well, um, I'm really glad it's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you can call me a prude or what have you, or someone who doesn't like fun, which would be a big lie, but I just think that the one-on-one -on -one contests are a lot more enjoyable. Like, there's... The four ways were a good idea at first, and then what happens is you get just random stuff that's completely unpredictable. And that makes for fun, but doesn't really make for something that's entertaining, I guess, or fun to predict or what have you. And I'm really glad that we're back to the one-on-one -on -one format here because I think there's a lot of potential you can do with a good one-on-one -on -one bracket. Um, I like that there's a nice balance between the fact that there's a, a ton of characters and the fact that it's still one-on-one. -on -one. Um Alan did a nice compromise there with the twelve the twelve hour polls. Um, I don't think we'll see that much difference in terms of like voting trends and things like that. But I think um, I think that's that's cool that he was able to strike a compromise between there. Um, specifically, I don't know as far as the bracket goes. I think there's a lot of wasted potential, and I guess I'll talk about that as we hit the divisions. But in principle, I'm glad we're back to one. Okay, good to hear, and I've got to agree with you. Um, I'm a little bit different in that uh, I think I could be considered a, a bit of a prude and a bit of a fun hater uh, in, in some of the things I've said regarding four ways. And uh, But basically, I agree with you. It was a fun idea as a one-time thing in 2007, um, I was definitely a skeptic, but that contest won me over. That that actually was a lot of fun. Going back to it two times in a row after that, though, um, did not sit well with me. And I got to say, I'm very glad uh, we avoided four ways. We're back to 1v1. I'm also extremely happy that we did not move into a tag team format I would uh, agree with this that. year. Um, and basically coming down right until the moment the bracket was announced, I would have probably said I was 90% sure we were going to be looking at tag teams. Yeah. The way things are breaking down, we, we look like we're for sure going to get 128 characters. I said, there's no way, uh, SB runs two polls a day. Um, but he, he came up with a compromise here. We're going to have, uh, 12 hour polls on both, uh, both sides of a day, and I mean, it's not perfect, but I think it's the best we could have hoped for, honestly. Right. That's the mark of a great leader. They compromise. 
Yes, and that's exactly why I only gave him a 10% chance of that happening. Yes. Because in the past, he has been anything but a compromiser or a listen to reason admin, at least when it comes to contests, and some, of course, moderations and some other things. But I think he came through for us in a big way this year, and most of the reaction I've been seeing on Board 8 has been very positive. Would you say so as well? Yeah, I'd say I think there's been a lot of relief that we didn't get a four-way. I think for all – there's like a vocal minority of people that are really into four-ways and that like to point out that the people that want one-on-ones, like you said, are kind of – don't really like to have fun with it. But I think I've seen a lot of just people that are excited to get back to the traditional format again, you know? Yep, and I think most of the things – most of the complaints that people had about 1v1s, this bracket is kind of taken care of. I mean we didn't have to cut out a ton of characters to get down to 64. We're also going to not have 24 boring hours. I mean we still could, but the big complaint people make is 1v1 is over in five minutes, and then it's 23 boring hours, down to 11 boring hours at least, which is a pretty solid improvement in any case. All right, so it sounds like we're both pretty happy with the bracket. So let's get into it here. Just going to try to take a quick run through the divisions, point out some things we think are cool, some matchups that might be interesting. So let's start out in the first division, the Hyrule division. The Hyrule division. Led by Link. Led by Link. And what strikes you in this division as something worth pointing out? I think the big thing, obviously the board's going to focus on red, being that it was one of the board's pet nominations, and, you know, Board A loves their Pokemans. I don't know. I'm more inclined to look at Nathan Drake. I think, like, in terms of – it's weird. Like, I made a topic, I think it was yesterday, basically asking if he didn't – if he wasn't in the last contest, Nathan Drake, how far would you have him going? Because essentially he's from a really – he's now the face of a franchise, which is interesting. Like, before he was just from a PS3-exclusive game, and nobody really knew who he was, and he was just like this generic dude. Now people actually can talk about Nathan Drake as somebody who is – something resembling like a gaming icon for the PS3. And that's going to be big. And I don't know if that's going to translate well into contest success or not. Because as we've seen before with like Grand Theft Auto characters and things like that, it doesn't always translate well to contest success. But I think it's definitely going to be unpredictable. I think we're going to be dealing with a completely different character in terms of strength than we were last year. At least that's my anticipation. For all I know, he could bomb to the boss. Who knows? But um, I think it's definitely worth noting that he's back and he got a two seed and, you know, all yeah. those things keeping in mind. That two seed really wows me. Um, I believe, I don't have it in front of me here, but I believe um, from the breakdown I did last year, he only made it in as a 10, I think. Mm-hmm. And I only... Um, predicted him. I mean, I thought he'd get a nice boost, but I only thought he'd get maybe a six or something this year. So, I definitely think it's it's a different character. I also think the PS3 as a platform 
is just uh, miles apart from where it was a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's it's really come a long way. Um, if we hadn't seen him before, yeah, I do think I'd have him uh, beating the boss for sure, beating WCC for sure. Uh, I don't think I'd have him uh, putting up a serious match against Luigi, but uh, having seen him last year, yeah, all of a sudden Nate versus the boss um, will probably be the best uh, 215 that we see this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely interesting there. Uh, what else do we have in this bracket worth talking about? You mentioned uh, red. Mm-hmm. That should be very cool. Red versus Ocelot. Yeah. Because um, Ocelot's kind of a weird beast in these contests. Like, he puts up decent numbers one year, and then he bombs to Pac-Man the next year. And then, like, he beats Jill Valentine one year, and then after his new game comes out, he loses to Jill Valentine the next year. Like, I don't really... I think Ocelot just does it to mess with us, honestly. Like, I think, you know, it's all part of this this Xanatos roulette that he's got going. And I I mean, I can't really pretend to understand it myself, but I don't know. It's, I don't really see Red doing much. I'm kind of skeptical of human Pokemon characters. Like, who cares about Red, really? Like, I mean, Charizard, you can make a decent argument for being like, okay, he's strong. Everybody knows Charizard. That's cool. But I don't know. I'm surprised... Red really took off as far as the nomination goes, you know? Yeah, Pokemon was kind of out of control this year in the nomination phase. Yeah. Which, which is very understandable, uh, considering RBY's uh, really incredible run through the last contest. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I definitely have doubts on Red, but it's basically... Uh, I also have some pretty huge reservations regarding Ocelot. Um that result you mentioned from last year has got to be one of the craziest in history. I mean, how do you go from beating Jill one mm-hmm. year when your last game was, what, three years before to getting a game of the year and only a few months later losing to her? That That's one result that didn't really matter in the long run, but I don't think people gave it as credit for being as weird as it actually was. And, um, all right, I, so I think one of the cool things about this contest, we're going to start out, of course, Link Thrall. No Link match is going to be exciting this year. You can no. match, um, chalk that up already. But then the next two matches in a row uh, should get us off to a great start this season. Well, the next three matches in a row if you're Albion. Uh, is he is he backing John Price? He's, he's, been, he's been big into the Call of Duty character, at least Soap McTavish, which is the best and worst name for a character <laughs> simultaneously. Um, I, I would assume he's also backing this John Price dude, at least to put up decent numbers. Yeah. My faith in COD characters um, took a major hit with whatever that guy, McMillan, Captain McMillan? Oh, Captain McMillan, I forgot. Whatever, whatever that's, that the, seaweed the, monster. Yeah, the seaweed um, yeah, so I, I am not going to be, uh, trusting those guys as far as I can throw them this year. Pretty much. Um, okay, so we're, we're going to get more in-depth in some of these matchups in the coming weeks here. Um, we plan this to be a weekly podcast, 
and so we'll keep uh, doing them before the bracket comes out. So let's move on to the chaos division. Chaos up by Sonic. Uh, Air is the two there. Uh, and what jumps like out my, at? Uh, like my my little background echoes there. Is that yes, that's a very uh, good touch. <laughs> what jumped out at you out of the chaos division this year? Um. Honestly, nothing until the later rounds, unless you're looking at, like, Altair and Liquid. Nothing really until the later rounds jumps out at me. I don't think Lightning's going to amount to much. I think she's kind of a wasted spot there. Um, I think the big thing is going to be the Sonic, Ganon, and Kirby trio there. Because Kirby obviously was on some kind of some something last year. Um, with the whole beating Sonic and putting up crazy numbers and getting to like the I think he got to the finals didn't he get to the finals? Not quite. Not quite. He, well, he got he got really far. Is the yep. point. Um, <laughs> and I know like Ganon generally is also very strong and um, Sonic's been on a decline lately. And I think whoever ends up from those three, we could really be seeing the first Noble Nine break in a one-on-one -on -one match in this division. I think that's interesting. Um, we also have Sonic versus Knuckles, which is a complete waste um, of Knuckles. Knuckles always gets... At least he didn't get put in a division with uh, Snake again, which would have mm -hmm. really irritated me. <laughs> um, but this is, like, no better. It's, it's arguably even worse than that. Um, I don't know why Alan seems to enjoy these, um, these matches, and I'll talk about that more when we get down to Sephiroth's division. Um... We also have Vivi versus Donkey Kong for the second year, for for no discernible reason. Yep. Um, so I don't know why this division kind of frustrates me because we have like a lot of characters that are kind of being wasted here, and then we have Glados and Fawful, which is like okay. Um, why couldn't you have given Mewtwo a winnable match? Because Mewtwo's Mewtwo could potentially go pretty far, and it's a shame he kind of gets fed to Ganondorf there. You know, Lightning could have been a real wild card, but instead she gets fed to Sonic unless you're Kleenex and then you claim the Lightning wins the contest. So um, we'll see what happens there, I guess. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some wasted uh, potential here, but overall, I really like what SB set up in this division. Um, I don't know if he was uh, conscious of the previous VV versus DK match, but that was heavily debated back in the day mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting that now we're to a point where it's once again debatable you know mm -hmm. is it like has lower tier nintendo really fallen off that far that was once uh, you know a fairly comfortable win is now going to swing back in the other direction and it seems very possible mm -hmm. um the way things are shaping up uh another rematch i don't know if he <clears throat> purposely did this but uh ganon against sonic was hugely debated in our last 1v1 contest yeah and um the match that i believe cost heroic mario his uh original account yeah i think I'm correct. i think i think it was ganon vincent yes but what i think he he had like vincent beating Sonic, and I think that was, like, by default he lost the account because Vincent lost. I think, I think what it was is uh, HM picked Ganon to knock off Sonic. Mm -hmm. And Sir Chris said, no way, Sonic's going to beat him easily. 
And then when Gannon couldn't even beat Vincent, then he, you know, lost by default. Lost by default, yeah. That's right. And I'm kind of uh, ashamed to say that I was in HM's camp back in that that day. That is pretty shameful, yeah. (laughs) In almost any case, that's shameful. um, Back then, uh, it seemed to me that Nintendo was gaining strength, which it was, that Sonic was already starting to fade, which he was, and so I said, this will be a good chance for Ganon. Uh, it was basically a Twilight Princess hype kind of pick. Yeah. And that did not pan out for me, but uh, this year, all of a sudden, I got to consider it again, and then even if I don't take that upset, uh, the Kirby upset is looking very good after last year. Uh I mean, it was a strange result, but seems quite possible we could uh, see something like that again. So well, I, th- I think also Sonic just Sonic characters have looked just so bad these past two years with the four-way format. It's tough to really picture how well they do in a one-on-one setting again, and I think they just, for various reasons, have just really sucked it up in the four ways. And I think that's why, like, I don't know, they'll either really continue to disappoint or they'll impress us just by default i think you know yeah and it's also interesting there's a weird relationship between sonic and nintendo Mm -hmm. and that's going to be definitely put to the test uh this year especially in these two matches right here uh all right that's enough on the chaos division let's move on to the mushroom division of course led by mario uh, Master Chief is number two coming out of there. Mm. What jumps out at you uh, regarding Division Three? Ed? Um, the big one's probably Zack versus Yuna. Um, if not even Zack versus Mega Man, if you really want to take Zack that far. Personally, I have Zack getting pretty far, but I'm also me, so you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I think. Obviously, our boy Prinny is there, the Guru nomination. Um, I don't think Prinny will do that much. Um, it's just enough to sort of show up and be like, hey, I made the contest, now I'm going to leave. Um, I think most characters in the bracket, possibly even Soap McTavish, would be Prinny. Um, I don't even know about that. But there's also a new guy, Claptrap, who I think is one of the only characters I hadn't heard of before the contest started. And that gives Zidane actually a pretty winnable match. Um, which I never thought I'd hear myself saying. Um, really, I, I, I think a lot the board's kind of hyped about this Mario Mega Man thing. I don't think it's going to be all that interesting because I think Mega Man's shown, like you said with Sonic, kind of a relationship with Nintendo too. And I think Mario's going to really beat him into the ground, honestly. That's the thing. People always try to make these Mario matches sound like they'll be so cool. Uh, well, Mario versus Samus, you know, she's indirectly stronger. She's going to LFF him for the win. Or, um, you know, Shadow came so close to Mario back in the day. Sonic could, you know, get over the hump and beat him. Or or people try to make a case for Mega Man. And I just don't see it. I mean, Mario casts such a wide shadow that basically anyone with Nintendo connections... Uh, aside from Link, of course, is going to fold fold to him pretty easily, uh, in my opinion. The, the thing that's 
maybe even more interesting than Mega Man is um, people are super hyped to see Snake versus Mario this year. Mm. We don't get that, but we do get Big Boss against Mario. Um, talk about an excellent chance at a repeat of that Shadow incident uh, from back in the day. We had uh, you know Black Shadow against Mario. Hey, don't be racist now. <laughs> now we get you know Eye Patch Snake I patch. against Mario, and uh, I could see him putting up a a big number there. You know, with a favorable pick. Um, enough to give us maybe some kind of idea if Snake would have actually been able to pull off that upset this year. So, yeah, I think we could probably extrapolate that pretty well. And, of course, um, Mega Man's run is going to be interesting, facing either two Final Fantasy VII or an FF7 and an FFX, uh, which, of course, are both powerhouses on the site. Could give him a run for his money. Um, here's one that's getting a lot of talk. Mega Man against Master Chief, assuming they both get there, uh, that's going to be a, a night... No, that's going to be a day matchup. Mm-hmm. Meaning Mega Man doesn't get his classic you know, old-school power hour that always starts him out so well. Uh, we're going to s- instead start that and head right into the heart of the ASV uh, straight off. Does that have you thinking MC could pull off that upset? Possibly. I mean, I I don't know. Master Chief's going to be really weird this year because we haven't seen him in a one-on-one since Halo 3 came out when he was really, really big. And, like, he really impressed in 2007. And before that, I don't know if most people really, like, would remember this, but Master Chief was really a huge flop guy in these contests. Like, he pretty much, he almost lost to Felix. Like, who the hell is Felix? <laughs> and Master Chief almost lost to him. Like, he... He put up terrible numbers against, like, all these characters. And I think this year we're probably going to see, like, a Master Chief that's actually somewhat respected and not a total joke. And I think, is that going to be enough to get him past Mega Man? I I don't know. But I definitely think it's going to be worth um, a match worth watching. Or, if you're me, is that going to be enough to get him past Zack Fair? That's Mm -hmm. the question I want to pose. You think about that. And I'm not sure who I have, I dealt more. Um, Mega Man against, you know, Zack or Sid could easily... People have, have claimed they're at Vincent level. Um, they'll get a chance to prove it, that's for sure. Right. This year. I and, actually forgot Sid was there, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Master Chief, in 1v1s, he has this really ridiculous history where I don't even know if I trust him past Ryu... Uh, necessarily, I mean, we're talking about a guy who should have lost to Donkey Kong, who did lose to Sub-Zero, not exactly, you know, noble nine-breakers right there. Um, so yeah, that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. I, I don't know what to think about that yeah. MM versus MC match there. Uh, but okay, let's move on to the heart division. Uh, this one features Sora in the one seed and Kratos in the two. And uh, what are your main thoughts regarding this division, Ed? Well, this is this is pretty much the mid-carder division. Every contest, I think, needs a mid-carder division. I think this one's got 
some pretty good stuff. We not only have Sora and Kratos, we have Elblock, we have Bowser, and we have Charizard, and in a couple debatable matches, um, pretty much almost every match in this division is a crapshoot. We have um, the, basically what could be a repeat of Kefka versus Diablo from the Villains Contest and Kefka versus Arthas. We have Laharl maybe even winning a match here with his 20 kinds of pathetic. Um, we've even got, like, Isaac winning a match, potentially, which is, I don't know, even worse. Um, I don't know. It, it's, 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 a pretty, it's a pretty solid division in terms of um, what we have to offer, because, I mean, there's the Sora versus Bowser. There's the question of how well Elblock's going to do, how well Charizard's going to do, if Duke Nukem can really repeat him, his success in four ways or not. Um, the downside to this is if Bowser makes it through, we get Mario versus Bowser, which is all kinds of obnoxious, but the chances of that happening are um, small at this point, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Bowser, Sora, I think could be good, but then on the other hand, I'm not entirely convinced that you know Frog doesn't pull some of his... Uh, some of his classic CT magic. I don't know. Do you know if that's a day or a night match? What 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 are Chrono Trigger characters normally? I, I'm never good with the vote trends. I think they're day, aren't they? They are traditionally really strong to start out the match, mm. and then they're pretty good overnight. But then the Europe lock comes in, and of course, you know, CT never got an official Europe release on the SNES, and then they kind of fall right off the face of the earth. And then they used to be horrible in the afternoon. Uh, Not so much recently. They've been holding on a little bit better there. But I think uh, what really saves them is then they're really strong in the last hour and last half hour, and how much of that is, you know, legitimate versus rally, it's hard to say. But... I think I'd like his chances better if uh, he gets a day match there and gets a chance for that good finish. Um, I think CT's fallen off, but then again, this is the guy who gave you know, Snake a good run back in the day. Uh, Bowser's yeah. certainly no Snake. Uh, could be fun. But yeah, as you said, basically almost all the matches in this division should be pretty close, should be uh, hard to lock anyone in as a for-sure winner. Um, what do you think regarding L Block as a 1v1 contestant? Honestly, it's tough to say. I mean, the thing about L Block in the four ways is that he gained momentum as the contest spread around. Um, not sure if I really see that happening with the one-on-ones, um, just because... I think part of the thrill with Elblock was seeing him, was people seeing him as terms of recognizability and seeing him beat opponents that he should have no business beating. Like seeing voting Elblock against, like say, Sonic the Hedgehog, where it's like, oh, okay, I voted a Tetris piece over one of the gaming icons. I don't know if they necessarily have that in this division because there's really, apart from like Bowser and maybe Kratos, there's no one that really sticks out as like someone who's one of gaming's eternal, everlasting icons, you know. Um, I don't know how much that really matters because there's still a lot we really don't know about Elblock in the sense of um, strength and the sense of how much is 
really legitimate or whatnot. So it'll be interesting. I'm really glad that L Block, I nominated L Block because I really wanted to see it in a one on one setting, and I'm glad we'll get the chance to see it in action. Yeah, I think a lot of L Block's appeal tied back to him being the ultimate underdog, the ultimate joke vote. And how is that going to work when he's a huge, at least by seating, favorite over HK47 and uh, HK suddenly becomes the underdog in that match? I mean, does that cut L's legs out from underneath him or or what? It's impossible to say right now, but yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at the second round match where it's like, where's the thrill in voting L block over one of these schlubs, you know? I mean, you don't really go around spread the word that, hey, vote L block over the dude from Golden Sun. <laughs> um, you know, you want to do it if it was maybe Master Chief or something like that. People, Something people feel strongly about. Yeah, so that should be um, not exactly a, a powerhouse of a division, but Lots of, hopefully, uh, exciting matches all the way through there. Uh, moving on, bottom half of the bracket brings us to the uh, Varia division, which has Samus, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the number two seed. Yeah, I thought this guy was the hat from the Minish Cap when <laughs> saw him being nominated. I was like, why is everyone nominating this, this, this freaking hat? Like, what's going on here? Let's just call him the uh, Assassin's Creed 2 guy is another two here. Um, what really excites you regarding this uh, division, if anything? Um, not really a lot in this division. I mean, we get we get our Samus-Zelda rematch, which I guess could be kind of exciting. Um, if you don't think that the Assassin's Creed 2 guy is going to impress enough to beat Zelda, which I don't think he will. Um, we get to see Sub-Zero potentially upset twice, um, which is kind of interesting. We get Jill Valentine, who's always good for hilarious contest matches. So <laughs> I'm sure something weird will happen and potentially both her matches. She might even beat Samus for all I know, honestly. <laughs> like, Jill Valentine is completely unpredictable, and I like that she's back in the contest. I really wanted to see a Jill and Donkey Kong match. Just That, that would have been good. Yeah, they're they're both completely ridiculous. And I think also, I mean, obviously Phoenix is here. Board 8 loves Phoenix. And um, I think if Phoenix Wright can actually get past Ject here, which is not out of the question, um, I think he'll actually be good to go to round three, which is pretty cool. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, it, it's not the best division, but it certainly has a few matches here and there that could prove entertaining. It sure would have been nice to uh, if we could have slipped Tifa in here instead of Zelda as that, I think, is the rematch everyone wants to see from that totally ridiculous uh, female bracket match where Tifa very nearly pulled off. Uh, would have been one of the weirdest upsets ever. Yeah, pretty much. Um... Yeah, I really like Titus and Sub-Zero. It seems that Sub-Zero always comes up. He rises to the level of his competition, and Titus lowers himself <laughs> to the level of his competition. Yeah. Uh, pretty much no matter who that is. Um, so th I, I think that might be the best of this division. Uh, it's cool to see 
Phoenix Wright was such a high seed and uh, given uh, probably the best chance you could possibly hope for um, in a first round match. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Board. Uh, other than that, a couple other things that could be interesting, but uh, let's see if our next division is uh, any more exciting. That is the Midgar division, uh, featuring, of course, Cloud is the number one. Dante is the two in this division. And what jumps out at you here, Ed? I think the big thing is going to be the Ryu-Dante rematch, which I think is, what, the second or third time they've met. I know they met in 2003. Did they meet in the four-way, I think? I think they met in the four-way. I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of Leon, then. Yeah, uh, yep. Because Leon and Dante met, like, twice. Yep. Both years. Yeah, right. both years. And, and they're going to get to see that in a one-on-one on one setting. Um, so I think it, it's interesting that I think those are pretty much Capcom's, outside of Mega Man, Capcom's big three so far, at least on this site. And it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against each other. Um, we have, who else do we have? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Um I have Sackboy winning a match because I refuse to take anything Tails just by virtue of the fact that anything Tails in this contest is pretty much crap, and I refuse to get burned by them again. So um, we'll see what happens there, I guess. And Vault Boy, um, Albion's pet nomination, kind of gets wasted against Leon here, but there's really not many matches that Vault Boy could have won in the first place, so... I think it's crazy to think that Captain Falcon, of all people, has a legitimate chance to win twice <laughs> after the first time we saw him. And I actually had fairly high hopes for him the first time he made it into a contest because, uh, you know, Melee was popular, uh, there was a new SSB coming out, and he has a cool character design all this, and he just fell right on his face. Didn't he get like twenty percent against Chrono? Wasn't it like something really it was ridiculously something like really that? bad? And I mean, it was a good matchup for him. You think a Nintendo guy would be able to do pretty well against Chrono? But yeah, that was uh, that was sad. But all of a sudden, he can uh, kind of redeem himself here. I think that's cool. Uh, as you mentioned, Dante Ryu, very interesting. Back in '03, that was one of our most debated matches, and then Ryu went and won it uh, without too much trouble, and all of a sudden now, uh, you know, here we are years later, and all of a sudden it's a very debatable match once again, and um, possibly like that Donkey Kong match, it could very well go the other way this time, and uh, then as you noted, no matter who wins there, uh, the battle against Leon could be pretty cool. He's definitely... At the top of his game, RE4 is still a big hit. And uh, RE5, keeping him, well, not him, but Resident Evil is fresh in people's minds. So, I don't know, not the greatest division, but I think there's still plenty to look forward to uh, sprinkled throughout here. Uh, Next up is the gear division, heading into uh, the bottom of the bracket. This is number seven. And uh, the one seed here, Solid Snake, 
Squall is the number two trying to force a rematch between those two. Yeah, what a great idea that was. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> what, what do you think about this aside from uh, Squall and Snake? Well, we potentially we got Oron and Eris in the first round, which is pretty crazy. Um, makes you wonder, like, um, who's going to come out of that? And then we have whoever wins that gets to face Zero, and then whoever wins that gets to face Squall. So we got a lot of really strong folks in the latter half of this division. Um, and then whoever gets that yeah, gets to get manhandled by Snake. So either way, it's not really, like... It's not the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey that really matters here. And I think those are those are sage words for life. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Ravan here as well. Um, potentially with the poten- potentially with the potential with the potential to win a match um, against Terra because Terra never really did much in these contests. I think she was in one um, at least, and she was also in the female bracket, and she managed to beat Kerrigan and. I guess the question is, would you take a generic-looking Jedi Knight over Kerrigan? I think I would. Um, and I think that um, he's got a potential to win the match there. Um, I don't even know who Ellis is, and I picked Ellis to win this match. Um, <laughs> and we have Pikachu as well, who's also pretty much guaranteed to make it to Snake. So the latter half of this division is a lot more exciting than the first half, I think. Yeah, kind of a shame that such an interesting character in Pikachu uh, gets more or less uh, wasted here because he was such a a hero for us last year, knocking out Elblock, and of course he looked good in four ways where uh, Pokemon has always thrived. Heading back to 1v1s, I thought he'd be very vulnerable because you've got to imagine he's still a fairly big anti-vote target, kind of like Master Chief in the 1v1s and... Instead, he gets a fairly easy path. A little bit disappointing, but I think SB made up for it with these uh, very cool Final Fantasy matchups on the lower half. Um, the the Aerith match, I'd feel, would be a lot better if we hadn't seen that battle uh, last year with, I believe it was Squall and Sora and her in the same match. And everyone said, uh, when it comes to Final Fantasy, you don't bet against Final Fantasy VII. You know, she's not going to uh, fade under SFF. The other two are. And that did not work out at all. So based on that, i got to give Oron the edge. Uh, fortunately, that sets up the really cool Oron versus Squall, which is anybody's, uh, anybody's game, in my opinion, and should be fun to watch. Uh Ellis is a guy from Left 4 Dead 2, which really surprised me because I thought that if anyone was going to make it from there, it would be Coach, uh, who's the who seemed to me like the face of that game. Uh, and I thought probably Zoe from Left 4 Dead 1 would be in there ahead of Ellis as well. So that was kind of weird. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy. He gets a potentially winnable match against fairly... Um, not that uh, powerful of a guy in Commander Shepard. And all right, that is enough about the gear. Heading into the final division, wrapping things up here. This is Genova. 
and Sephiroth is the one. Gordon Freeman surprises everyone except uh, for me apparently by getting in there as the two. Uh, what do you like about this division? Not a lot. Um, <laughs> I think um, it really irritates me when we have Vincent wasted here, gets fed to Sephiroth. We have Tifa wasted here. She also gets fed to Sephiroth. I don't really know what, what Alan was thinking here with the um, the Final Fantasy VII brigade here. I mean, there's the board seems really hyped up on missing, though, which might have potential to go kind of far if it weren't up against Chrono. Um, and I think Gordon, I like, I like stylistically how Gordon is last because Gordon was pretty much the hero of the GameSpot contest. And I think obviously Alan noticed that saved him for last. Um, we'll see if this translates into success on this site. Um, could definitely be interesting. Um, he could also lose to Peach. It's Gordon Freeman. Who knows? Um, I think also we have the debut of Soap McTavish who is an incredibly rich and rewarding character, I'm, I'm sure. Um, just with a name like Soap McTavish, how can you not be? Um, and I think it's kind of scary that Ness could get to round three here. So um, that's, that's, that's kind of scary. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's got to be one of the weirder things in contest history, a illegitimate bracket where Ness can win two matches. Oh, yeah. And that that's that's pretty uh pretty scary. Like we have Laharl winning a match, we have potentially um Fawful with the potential to win a match, and then we have Vincent out in round two. So something's amiss here in Bracketland. Yeah. Uh, overall, as I said, I, I really liked what SB did this year. Um I'd probably award him like an A minus or so on this bracket. Uh, I, I really like it. But this division is like a D minus. And I don't understand. I mean, people were so upset at him last year. Uh, Tifa's such an interesting character. And she made that run at Samus. And then she got stuck with Sephiroth last year. And people were upset. And then he goes and does it again. Uh, just very strange decision right there and then vincent another of those you know noble nine breaker kind of guys gets no chance at all i mean i i guess sb could be bailed out if someone pulls the sephiroth upset here um you know he'd be bailed out in a big way but i just it's so hard to see that happening well, didn't didn't Sephiroth and Vincent meet last year in a four-way? Or am I thinking of something else? I believe that they did. Yeah, and didn't Vincent get like 8% of the vote? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that was back in 07. Oh, okay. And it was, it was like Mario, Link, Yeah, Mario, Sephiroth, Link, Sephiroth, Vincent. and Vincent, yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't entirely, you know, Vincent getting destroyed just by him. He was with some of the strongest characters. Uh, you know we've ever seen, but even so, it's it's really hard to pick that as an upset, and uh, the chrono choice isn't much easier. Um, all right, so you know, but one bad division does not uh, ruin the whole bracket. Uh, as I said, overall, I really liked what SP did this year. 
and I really like his decision. The one thing, kind of nitpicky, uh, but the one thing I didn't like was his division placement. I think it could have been so cool to see, uh, like, if we push the Sonic and the Sora divisions together, and all of a sudden you get, you know, a, a pretty much a total crapshoot in heart, and then chaos, someone could easily knock off Sonic, and then it becomes a case of, you know, which of those winners is going to win. You get a debatable match there. Um, I would have liked to have seen that, and then I would have liked to have seen uh, maybe Mario and Snake get to battle each other out. Uh, that was something we were debating quite a bit on the boards that we're not going to get to see this year. Well, the board seems big on Snake versus Sephiroth this year, which we will get to see prob most probably. Um, so I think in terms of potential Noble Nine matches, that's probably the only one and the only interesting one we're going to get to see. But it should be a doozy. Yeah, that is definitely uh, worth getting excited for. The other thing I, I'm a little disappointed in is um, the only matches that get the full 24 hours are the last three, and it's just uh, too bad that none of those three can be competitive whatsoever almost. I mean, if Snake can pull the upset uh, and he's got momentum, that could be an epic match against Cloud. I'll, I'll give you that. Right. But the other one, Link Mario, we've seen so many times, and it's uh, absolutely not going to change. And then Link Cloud, you know, for the seventh, eighth time, whatever this is, um, I, I don't see that result flip-flopping. Uh, or, or Link Snake, again, I think that's a bit too high of a mountain to climb for him. But Right. Oh, well, like I said, though, that's only a few matches here and there. Um, overall, I'm really impressed. This is by far the best bracket that I've seen SB put together uh, since he started out a few years back. And uh, it, it definitely seems like he put some thought into it, and he created some pretty cool matchups uh, throughout. So hats off to him for that. My hat is off. <laughs> and uh, do you have anything else you wanted to get in before we wrap up this first episode, Ed? No, I think this episode is um, 48 minutes long already, so we should, yeah, probably, we should uh, probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, it did go on a bit, didn't it? Um, okay, well, as, as I mentioned earlier, we plan this to be a weekly show. So join us again next week for what will be a shorter uh more manageable episode two of the show and uh this is endgamer signing off this is uh bellas
tried to say I'd be there waiting for 